um, things had been trending up. He had gone from this unsuccessful entrepreneur to now being a recognized director. And um, he, had, he had this vision, and he carried it out, and he had gathered just kind of this, this random group of unknowns, and now he has led them to become this, this applauded team, this team that, that the city was so thankful for. But he had bigger dreams. He wanted to take things to the next level, to higher places, and today, seeing how everything is going, there's a scout, a scout there in the audience, and this scout is who could help take them to the next level, help make it happen for all of them. All he had to do was to prove that he and his team had what it takes. And so far, seems like the scout is enjoying everything. It seems like things are going their way, and this would be their opportunity for their big break. But then, before the show is even over, she's leaving. The scout is heading for the door. He chases after her and encourages her to stay, trying to convince her, hey, hey, you're going to miss the rest of it and everything else that is coming. It's so awesome. But then the scout says this, can I be honest with you? Oh, yes, yes, be honest with me. Do you really mean that? Because when everybody says they want me to be honest with them, they actually really don't mean it. Yes, 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 please tell me. You're not good enough. And then that is when Mr. Moon, that lovable koala from Sing 2, is crushed, right? And if you haven't seen Sing 2, it is a good movie. But he hears those words, you know, just you're not good enough. And then he's just heartbroken, and, you know, that, that's, uh, that's when you feel it with him, right? He just hears those words. And, and kind of like even today, can you relate to that? Can you relate with that, that feeling of you're not good enough? Hey, you don't have what it takes. Ever feel that way? That you just aren't quite enough? And, um, I mean, maybe it's at work. Man, in the past, man, you worked on a project and you just knocked it out. But today, man, is this, is this even going to work? Is the boss even going to like it? Do you, do you feel like maybe you're not enough when it comes to being in a relationship? And you're just kind of wondering, hey, did, are they, do they like me? Do they like me? Do they think I'm funny enough, charming enough, good looking enough? marriageable enough, whatever it might be, in marriage. Now, none of us have ever felt like we weren't enough in marriage, right? I mean, just those times where it's like, man, is my communication good enough? Am I understanding enough? Am I serving enough? I'm sure we've all had those times where it's just like, whatever it is, I'm just not enough of it. Parenting? I mean, that one's really easy. You're like, is there ever a time when I feel like I have what it takes? Right? That you're, you're basically like, no. I, I'm in a constant state of, I don't know what I'm doing. And we just, we just have this, this feeling there, sometimes in the back of our mind. Sometimes it's pretty up and front, but we just have this thing like, I'm inadequate. There's just something that I need 
more in, and we, we handle that problem in different ways. I mean, sometimes we, we be like uh, Mr. Moon and sing to it, and we're just going to grit it out, right? That's basically the whole movie. Spoiler, it's just them trying hard enough. They're going to prove it. They're going to make it, and they will end up succeeding because they just tried hard enough. And maybe you do that, or, or maybe you just kind of feel defeated. You know, it's just like, well, you know, I just don't even think I could be enough. So you just kind of throw your hands up and, and maybe you get into despair, depression. Maybe you get angry, you get angry at other people, angry at yourself, angry at the situation. Right, and then sure, there, there are times where we need to try harder. There are times that maybe, maybe there's something is in a situation. We need to be frustrated by that. And, but are those really the only solutions that we have? It's just try harder or get angry or be in despair. And today we're going to be looking at a perspective, a truth that God really wants us to cling to, wants us to see when it comes to not having what it takes. For us to not, when we feel like we're not enough in various parts of our life or we're not enough of what God has called us to do, who he's called us to be, what do we need to look at? And because that's our impulse is to just kind of try harder or get angry. But actually, we're going to look at the passage today and, and see how Jesus leads us to a different place. So if you've got a Bible, open up to Matthew 14. Matthew 14 is the first book of the New Testament. So um, the Gospels just go Matthew, Mark, Luke. And uh, we're going to look at just what sets up this miracle, this, this feeding of the, the 5,000. And, um, and then see what it's really pointing us to. And actually, this is the only miracle that is listed in every single one of the four Gospels outside of the death and resurrection of Christ. It's this one, the feeding of the 5,000. So it shows that the Holy Spirit thinks that this is a really big deal. The early church thought this was a really big deal. They're doing ministry. And so last week, Alex covered what is happening um, previously in chapter 14, is that John the Baptist uh, the kind of precursor, the forerunner to Jesus who is preparing the way of Christ, um, a friend of Jesus, cousin of Jesus. And so he is killed. He's beheaded. Alex did a great job of uh, showing us what that is pointing to. And so this is where we pick it up in verse 13. Um, when Jesus heard about it, heard about John being killed, he withdrew from there by boat to a remote place to be alone. When the, when the crowds heard this, they followed him on foot from the towns. And so notice the crowd here. The, the crowd's Jesus. You know, he, he's, he's grieving. He wants some time. I want to be by myself. I want some time to grieve, to do that. But the crowd's following him. They're eager to follow Jesus. And they don't really know a lot about Jesus. They just kind of know that Jesus has been doing some teaching. They know that Jesus has been doing some miracles. And so they're, they're following Jesus wherever they go. And even for us today, know, we know who Jesus is. Right, that he is the savior of the world, that he has died in our place, paid the price for our sin and rose again. So we should be all the more eager to follow him. And so they're, they're following him out there. Verse 14, when he went ashore, he saw a large crowd and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. And so, yeah, Jesus, he had just heard about his, his friend John. He's in grief, but the crowds are following him kind of not letting him be alone, and Jesus doesn't get time to, to be alone with the Father, doesn't get time to be alone with his disciples, and yeah, there are times for that, but here, he says, okay, hey, I'm going to delay my time alone, I'm going to delay uh, my time with, with the Father, and he's just going to go and help the people, 
And he's going to postpone all that to be with the people to heal them. And it says in verse 14, what motivates Jesus to basically not do those things that he was trying to do and to be with the crowds? In verse 14, it says this, he had compassion on them. Now, that word, this right here, the compassion of Christ is what basically moves us into this whole miracle. If you'd be like, why did Jesus feed the 5,000? would be like, well, he had, at the very beginning, he had compassion on them. Sympathy, love. And then that word compassion, it, it just means something that's deep. It says that, like, it, it would be like this. He was moved within his bowels, right? And you're like, hey, you know, that's, hey, I, I had some Mexican food. I know what that's like, <laughs> right? It's, it's this deep emotion that Jesus feels for the crowd that he, he loves them. He's deeply moved by them. And I mean, this passage doesn't really tell us a lot of who the crowds are. I mean, the crowds probably, I mean, people that aren't, you could probably got a mixed bag. People that are really interested in Jesus, people that are just kind of there because he's doing some miracles. Hey, people that really agree with a lot of the things that he says, people that, I don't know. But yet Jesus, the, the crowd and how good they are is not what, what is motivating Jesus. That, that's not what is, is moving Jesus, is, is how worthy the crowd is. It's who Jesus is within himself, that he has compassion for people, for an undeserving crowd. People that aren't all amazing, people that look different, think different, vote different. Jesus is, is moving to them. It says that when he saw them, he had compassion. So the question is, is, is when you see people... How do you look at others? Is it with compassion? When you see people, people that God loves, people that, that Jesus died for, what moves within you? Is it compassion? Is it disdain? Is it just the, this feeling of like whatever it is that they think they're wrong? Do you, are you moved with resentment or are you only moved with happy feelings because people have the same opinions as you? I just want you to think a little bit. How did Jesus come to you or approach you? Jesus came to you. Did he come to you when you were at your best? No. Right? Romans 5 says that while we were still sinners. Says that while we were not just people that disagreed with God, but people that were enemies of God, yet Christ died for us. That's how Jesus approached you. How does that change how you approach other people? How does that change how you see people? Is the compassion, the love that Christ has for you, that he's moved you towards you with, how does that shape you? How does that shape how you think and treat other people? So that we see that, that Christ, he's motivated by this, he's moved by this compassion, Jesus isn't just giving in to the crowds. It's not like, well, hey, they, they're just pressuring him into doing this. You know, like we just saw last week, uh, earlier in the chapter, that there's Herod. And he's, do, he's making all these decisions to just basically please other people, to get approval. That's not what Jesus is doing. It's not like he is saying yes because everybody else is just pressuring him to do it. No, he says yes because he's moved to compassion. And so, not that we have to say yes to everything that, that people ask us to do. But we also don't want to be people that just avoid everything. 
right? Is it, are we moved by compassion or are we just basically kind of focused on ourselves and our own life? And so we just end up avoiding everything. And so Jesus, he, he has this compassion. He's, he's moved toward them. Look at verse 15. When evening came, the disciples approached him and said, this place is deserted and it's already late. Send the crowds away so that they can go into the villages and buy food for themselves. They don't need to get, go away, Jesus told them. You give them something to eat. But we only have five loaves and two fish here. Um, fish here, they said to him. And so this is the, the first point. First thing that we're going to see in these verses is powerless hands. Powerless hands. I, I like when the disciples just kind of say, hey, we kind of want everybody to leave. I mean, if you're an introvert, you would be like, yep, I'm feeling it too. We've been around people all the time, Jesus. It's time to take a time out. Let's send them away because they need food, right? Um, and so, so they're just like, yeah, this is it's time for them to go away. They, they do. They are thinking of the crowds. Hey, they need to get some food. And then Jesus says in verse 16, they don't need to go away. Do give them something to eat. Now, this is really easy for us to gloss over here, and we just kind of keep reading. But think, the Bible, these are not just things that we're reading about, but these are real stories, real people, real situations, real events, real emotions. I mean, when Jesus says, you give them something to eat, we look in verse 21, it says that there were 5,000 men, not including women and children. So, so the estimates range, you know, so you, you know you have a minimum of 5,000, but it's probably like 10, 12,000 people there that are in this, this crowd. And if Jesus just says, hey, I know that there's these 10,000 people and you want to send them away to get food, but you give them something to eat. Like, can you imagine that? I mean, let's just say, hey, tomorrow, not even now, but tomorrow, we're going to have 25 people at your house and you're going to feed us. I think a bunch of you would be like, that's a decent request. I mean, if you've had people at your house at Thanksgiving, Christmas, I mean, you're preparing food. You're going to, to Costco, to, you know, Hy-Vee, wherever it is that you're going, getting all this food, and then you're coordinating with everybody else. What are you bringing? We know, hey, they're already bringing salad. Okay, I guess I'll give you dessert, even though they're not very good. You know, you're, you're coordinating all this just to feed, let's say, 20 people. You're going through a lot of hoops, a lot of work in advance to feed people. And then Jesus just says, hey, now there's 10,000 people. You feed them. And the disciples are like, yeah, we just got, we just got five loaves and two fish. I mean, if I was one of the disciples, I would think like, we're not a catering business, Jesus. I mean, think, think of what the disciples maybe thought, or think of what you might be thinking if this was you, and how you might respond to Jesus' command to feed thousands and thousands of people. I think the first instinct for, for many of us would just be like, all right, we just got to get more food. We have five loaves, two fish. How are we going to get more food? Okay, we're going to break up into teams. And uh, you guys, you guys over here, you're going to be the harvesters. So you go out into the fields, glean all the wheat. All right, you, you're going to be like grinding down the wheat. You team, you're starting now. You're going to build some fire, build some oven so that when this flour gets ready, you're going to be able to bake it. All right, and you're the cooks. All right, so hey, here in a couple hours, I think we're going to be punching out 500 loaves an hour. 
work and all of that. And you're like, no, that's not me. Well, you're, you know, that's the achiever person. But um, some of you, if Jesus just said this, you feel defeated. You're just like, oh, I'm letting Jesus down. I'm letting everybody else down. Or then there's the critical person that we all love, you know, like, man, we should have thought of this in advance. We should have known that this was going to happen. We, man, I, I knew it. I knew we should have just, when we were in Capernaum, I knew we should have bought extra supplies. And then there would be me. I would be like, this is an opportunity. Oh, my gosh. All right. All right. Crowd in the desert. We're going to have the first annual fishy tournament. Yeah. Oh, we will have prizes. Oh, it'll be amazing. We will have the biggest fish fry in the land of Israel has ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> Probably wouldn't work, right? <laughs> hey, and then somebody would come up to me and be like, hey, do you think of this? No. Hey, what about bulls? I don't know. I thought they would just appear. Like, I mean, again, think of what Jesus is asking them to do. This is crazy. You feed them. I, I was talking to BJ. He, he owns Taco Inn. So this is a place, a restaurant that is designed, its sole purpose is to feed people. And I just said, hey, what would it take for tomorrow, or even in a couple days, for one day, a whole day, for your restaurant to feed 5,000 people? And it just goes, impossible. Really? What if they all ordered the same thing? He's like, the amount of food, the amount of meat, shells, cheese, lettuce, all this stuff. He's like, this is, this is like a huge amount. This would actually take us days to, to feed that many people. And so the, the, the Jesus, so when he, Jesus says, hey, you feed them, Jesus knows they can't do it. Hey, I'm asking something of you that you have no business even trying to do. I mean, and Jesus is, he's not, I mean, he's God in flesh, but also Jesus is not, it's not like he's an idiot. I mean, if he was like actually thought that they would be able to do it, there would be mounds of food behind the disciples, trucks, big crates. But he's like, I oh, feed them. This is all we got. Not barely enough to even feed us. And so if Jesus knows that the disciples have actually no way in doing what Jesus told them to do it, to do, why is he asking them to do this? That's the point. That is, that, that is the point. Jesus here is training his disciples. I mean, if you look at this passage, the, the passage doesn't really focus on anything of how the crowd responds. It's all focused on this interaction between Jesus and his disciples, their response in this. Jesus, that, that's what he's doing. He's like, I'm calling you to do something that you can't do. I want you to see that. I want you to see that you're not enough in this situation. I want you to see that your hands are actually powerless to do the ministry and to do the work that I've told you to do. Jesus, that's what he's, he's teaching his disciples. See, this is what salvation is, that you're not enough. This is what your life is, you're not enough. This is what ministry is all about, that you're not enough. I mean, notice in verse 18, or verse, verse 17, hey, this is all we got, Jesus. Five loaves, two fish, and then Jesus says, bring them here to me. Disciples, this is all we got. Here's what Jesus doesn't say. Go get more. I see that you got just a little kind of glorified fish and chips here. 
Go get more of it. Go find it. That's not what Jesus says. I want you to underline, you know, circle, highlight. What does he say there in verse 18? Bring, bring what you got. Bring your not enough. Bring that to me. We can't, we can't do what you're asking, Jesus. Bring it here to me. Put it in my hands. I'll take that what you have, which is not enough, not even close to being enough, and just, just give it to Jesus. Put it in his hands. That's what Jesus is telling them to do. If you want to write this in the margin, if you like taking notes, I'll just write Exodus 3 and 4. This is very similar to another story in the Old Testament, Exodus 3 and 4. In Exodus 3, the, the people, the Israelites, are enslaved to the Egyptians. And then Moses, he's out there in the wilderness, uh, you know, being a shepherd. And then he sees this burning bush that, that is on fire, but it's not being consumed. And it's God. And God tells Moses, have seen the misery and the suffering of my people. I've seen all this. They're suffering, and I want to do something about it. And sim similar to here to Matthew 14, that, that Jesus is motivated by compassion. People in need that are weak, that have no strength within themselves. And so God says to Moses, hey, I've seen this. I want to intervene. I want to do something, and I want you to go. I want you to go to talk to Pharaoh and help my people be free and come out into the wilderness to be with me. And then Moses is just like, I'm nobody. Who, who am I? Right? I'm, I'm, I'm nobody. And what if, the, what if the people don't listen to me? And basically Moses, or Moses is telling God, hey, cool request. I can't do this. You're wanting me to go to Pharaoh. I'm not a good speaker, God. I don't even know your name, God. Trying to give all these excuses to God. And just basically Moses is saying, I'm not enough. I can't do this. What you're telling me to do. And then Moses, or God tells Moses, but I will be with you. I will be with you. And then right at the beginning of chapter 4, God asked Moses, hey, what, what do you got? What's that in your hand? And Moses says, well, it's a staff. It's a stick. And then God says, throw it down. Give it to me. Give whatever it is that you have, which is not enough. Give it to me. Remember, Moses is standing on holy ground. He's God, that's what God tells him. Hey, you're standing on holy ground. Take off your sandals. You're standing in my presence. Throw it down in my presence. Give it to me. Place it before me, what you have. Because bring, bring, bring your not enough resources. Bring your not good enough speaking. Bring your lack of ability here, Moses, and give it to me. I will be with you. That's what Jesus is saying. Hey, whatever you got, which is not hardly anything, bring it, not go get more, not just get stronger, not just learn new skills, like bring it to me. And so here's the question that I have for you. What is it that you need to be placing in Jesus' hands? What is Jesus telling you? Hey, bring that to me. You're trying to, to be enough on your own constantly. 
bring it to me. Give what you have to me. How, how do you maybe need to acknowledge that you're not enough? And just put in his hands. I mean, maybe you're here today and you actually just really haven't trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you feel like you're not good enough. And so you kind of continue to not go to Jesus because you feel ashamed of who you are, of what you've done, of what has maybe been done to you. You feel like you've had a bad week. And you're just like, man, I would want to go to God. But I don't feel like I'm good enough to go to God. I don't feel like he really wants to see me today. I don't feel like he likes me. I don't feel like he, re- does he really love me? I know, I know I've heard that, but, but I really have my doubts that he really loves me. Because if I was better, God would love me more. I just want to tell you, there's, there's nothing that you can do to be good enough for God to love you. God loves you freely because that's who he is. There's nothing that you can do to make yourself suddenly acceptable to God so that you become right with God and all of your sins are forgiven because you had a really good week. No, we're saved, made right with God, have this relationship with God, not because we're good enough, but because Jesus is good enough for us, completely because of who he is, what he's done. He lived a perfect life. We didn't. He died and paid the price for sin, for our sin. We didn't. And then Jesus says, hey, this, this, is a, this is by grace you've been saved through faith. It's a gift of God. And so if you haven't trusted in Christ, man, stop trying to be enough. Stop trying to be like figured out enough or be good enough or, or be far enough removed from the bad things in your past or whatever it might be. Come to Christ and and put your life in his hands. Bring it here to me is what Jesus is telling you. Maybe you feel like it's, and and maybe you feel like you're not enough just in, in a relationship. And you keep just trying to grit it out, work hard. And, and yeah, there's places for that. It's not like we don't have our own effort and things, but, but are you really taking that to Christ? Asking God, God, change me, shape me, do something in our hearts and our minds here. Is there something that you need to place in his hands? Maybe it's with your kids, maybe it's with work, maybe it's actually like it is here with the disciples, maybe it's in some sort of ministry, somebody that you're trying to minister to. It's like, man, if I could just share it good enough, be good enough, do this enough. And Jesus is just saying, hey, but you're, you're not enough. You, you don't have enough. Just bring it to Christ. Trust in his goodness, his power. Because Christ here is, wanting, is showing his disciples, hey, I want you to see your insufficiency, but to see Christ's sufficiency. But he is efficient. So we, there we see these powerless hands. Look at, look at verse 18. Bring them here to me, he said. Then Jesus commanded the crowds to sit down on the grass. He took what the disciples had, the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed them. He broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. Everyone ate and was satisfied. 
They picked up 12 basketfuls of leftover pieces. Now those who wait were about 5,000 men besides women and children. And so, again, the disciples, they don't have enough. Bring it here to me. Jesus takes it. He prays. He gives thanks. He blesses it. And then he gives it back. And so it seems like kind of Jesus gives them back what he gave them. It doesn't say then Jesus prayed and then suddenly he was within a pile of fish and bread. Seems like he just gives it back. And so here in these verses, we move from powerless hands to empowered hands. Powerless hands to empowered hands. So Jesus gives them back what he gave them and then they give it to the people. So somewhere in there, this miracle happens. You go from enough to, to barely kind of give decent snack for 10, 12 people to now being able to feed 10,000 people, and they're all satisfied. It means they've, eat, they've eaten a lot, and there's enough left over. I mean, there's, there's big old doggy bags left over from this one. 12 basketfuls. So Jesus took what the disciples had and blessed it. Made it more because they brought it to Jesus. Because they gave it to him, Jesus blessed it. And so give what you have to Jesus and he'll use it in big ways. Give what you have to Jesus and he'll use it in big ways. Little will become much if it's in his hands. Just, just like when Moses threw down his staff, it went to God. And then God tells Moses, hey, now pick it back up again. God gives the staff back. And he's like, and then God says, hey, Moses, now through you, through, through, through this stuff, through you, I'm going to do this. Moses is not completely passive in this. Moses, he follows and obeys God. And that's, that's very similar to what's going on. Hey, what do you got? Give what you have to me, and I'm going to give it back to you. And then now you're going to do the work. Now you're going to do the ministry. And so here, here's a question for you. Here in, in Matthew 14, who fed the people? Was it Jesus? Did Jesus feed the people or did the disciples feed the people? It's a trick question. Both did, right? They both did. It's not just Jesus feeding the people. It's not just the disciples feeding the people. This is God, Jesus, working through the disciples to carry out the ministry empowered hands. I, I was talking with Josiah, who's on the worship team, about this, and he said it's like a light. The electricity has the power, but the light shines. Right? It, it's both end. The electricity doesn't shine, the, la the lamp shines, but the power is in the electricity. And here, the disciples, they're carrying out the ministry, but who has the power is through Jesus. I mean, this is this is this huge miracle that, that that Jesus is doing through his disciples. And just think, Jesus doesn't need them. Jesus could just be like, okay, hey, what do you got there? Well, we got five five loaves of two fish, man. Just hang on to it. I got this. Remember in the beginning when I created everything out of nothing? Check this out. Bam! And he could have just, had, like, had it rain down bread and fish. I mean, it could have been already fried. Boom! All from heaven and just fell in the people's laps. Jesus could have done it that way. But Jesus is like, no, I'm teaching you something, disciples. 
for your salvation, for your life, for the ministry that I'm calling you, and if, if Acts is going to happen like we need it to, I need you to see that you bring everything to me, put it in my hands, and it's me working through you. That I'm empowering you to do what I've called you to do, to do these, these works. And so, whatever Jesus is going to do, he's going to be doing primarily through people, through us, through you. I mean, I, th I think a lot of times we could think, well, God doesn't need me. And so then, then we kind of end up being passive in it. Well, God will just do it without me. I mean, is that, is that really right? I mean, in Romans 10, it says, how will they believe if they have not, how will they believe the gospel, how will they believe Jesus if they have not heard? And how will they hear if nobody told it to them? Don't, don't think, don't assume if, if Jesus doesn't need you that he isn't calling you. Right? Jesus placed you in that family, in that home, in that friendship. Jesus placed you in that workplace or in that neighborhood. He wants to do something amazing through you. And again, it's easy for us to focus on ourselves. What, what we don't have. Well, Jesus, all we got is this bread. All we got is this fish. And we focus on that, right? We could say, well, Jesus, I know you want me to do some things to either, you know, share the gospel with people, share life, but, but Jesus, I'm, I'm just not very, I don't know what to say. I'm not very good at evangelism. I'm not an outgoing person. I'm not like so-and-so. Jesus is not focused on what you don't have. So we shouldn't be focusing on what we don't have either. Jesus focused on him working through you, knowing that you don't have enough. Right here, here in, in Matthew 14, Jesus didn't get different bread and fish. Here's what we got. Jesus is not enough. Well, I'll just get it somewhere else. Jesus didn't get different disciples that many times don't seem to have it all figured out. Jesus used the disciples he had and used what they had. Same for you in your life. You, you, you will see the miraculous power of Jesus as you take yourself and all that you have to him and participate in what he's doing. Right? I mean, do you, do you get that? Like, you will see God work in amazing ways as you take yourself and everything that you have to him and participate in what he's doing. Bring your two, your two fish, your five bread, five loaves of bread to him. Bring yourself to Jesus with your limited understanding, with, with, your, with your shady past, with your brokenness, with your not put together lives, with your anxiety, with your mediocre skills, your, your unsure parenting approach. Whatever it is, bring to him and just say, God, I'm putting this in your hands so that because you're the source of power, you're the source of blessing, not me. See what he does with those things. See what he does with you. I mean, it's so cool that the, the story starts here with Jesus' compassion for the people, 
but it ends with his disciples being an extension of Jesus' compassion and mercy. That's how it's being carried out. The people in the crowd, it doesn't, it, again, it doesn't talk about their reaction that, oh, Jesus did all this. What, what, did the, what does the crowd see? They see the disciples distributing the food. They just see the disciples picking it back up. That's what they see, and they feel that mercy and compassion as Jesus empowers and works through his disciples. This week, this time tomorrow, if somebody wants to see the, the grace, the truth, the compassion of Christ, I mean, most likely they're going to see that through you. As Jesus lives, his spirit lives in you, as he empowers you, as you give whatever it is that you have to him. Jesus is making his disciples disciple makers. Like, hey, I'm, he's training them for ministry. This is what it's about. It's not about you being awesome. It's not about you having enough. It's about you bringing that to me, and then, then I will make it enough. I will take your little, and I will make it much. We have powerless hands, but they become empowered hands through Christ. And I, I just want to admit to you guys that I really struggle with this, honestly. I mean, this is the passage that I, I, I gravitate towards a lot. And I have to remind myself over and over because I really, I really struggle with this. I, I often just don't feel like I'm enough. I'm, I'm not like so-and-so pastor. They're legit. I'm a dork that likes Star Wars. I'm, man, am I smart enough? Am I, am I a good enough vision caster? Man, if I, if, I don't, if I don't preach good enough, make good enough decisions, man, I don't think, I don't, I don't know if this is really going to work. People going to want to stick around. Well, oh, that visitor came. Why didn't, man, am I, am I not this enough or that enough? Man, am I a good enough team leader? Does, does our team feel loved? Do they feel safe? Do they feel cared for? Man, am I, am I pursuing my friends good enough? Man, what about my wife? Oh, yeah, Mary. She, am I caring for her? I, then there's so many times I just am like, I'm not enough. I don't have what it takes to do this. But if I, but if I, would, if I had more... Or if I was just like somebody else, then, man, then, then, then this would happen in the church, or this would happen, or this would happen in my life. And so many times, I just need, need the scriptures. I need God, his spirit, to just say, like, Ricky, of course you're not enough. Why would you? I'm not asking you to be enough. You can't be enough. Come, Ricky, come to me. Stop looking to yourself. Place, your, place everything you've got, which isn't much, Ricky, and bring it, put it in my hands. And many times, I'm, I'm, that's just not my first impulse. And I, I just need to hear the voice of God, the, the scriptures, just to remind me. But I can't, I can't, I can't change people's lives. I can't change people's, I can't make you love God more. I can't, I can't even make myself love God more. I need to just, I feel like I just need to remember over and over that he's God and I'm not. I need to just listen to his voice. 
for him to be like, Ricky, you are pretty ordinary. You are a dork. But through that ordinary, I can do extraordinary things. And put, putting, putting myself, putting everything, the, the church, the ministry, everything, my, my relationships with different people, my, my marriage, just putting it in Jesus' hands and realizing, realizing they're so much more capable than mine. My hands are powerless. As I seek to follow and just even ask God to help me to follow, God, I can't do this, but you can. So God, I'm looking to you, I'm trusting you, I'm remembering who you are, and God, I'm asking you to do something through me that I just can't do. So the question is, is what, what do you need to put in Jesus' hands? What is it that you just need to say, like, be honest with yourself, be honest with God, and just like, yeah, I'm just not enough. I don't have enough. And just put that in his hands and, and, and just listen to the voice of God as he says this in Matthew, just bring it here to me. Bring it here to me. Or do you just need to realize that he's empowered you or wants to empower you to do amazing things in the lives of the people around you? It might not be like so-and-so. That's fine, right? But God working through you. And we know that we can, we can put everything in Christ's hands. We, that we, don't have, we know that we could rely on him because when we weren't enough, what did God do? Sent his son. We weren't enough. When we weren't enough, what did Jesus do? He lived the perfect life that we couldn't live. When we were enough, Jesus died in our place. He, he's the ultimate bread from heaven that completely satisfies. Even, even when he sent off his disciples, he's like, hey, you're still not enough. I'm going to give you my spirit. I'm going to give you my presence, my power, and he's going to live in you and through you. Because it's not about you being enough. It's about me being enough through you. He gave us all of these things when we were lacking, when we were not enough. And he's saying to you today, bring your life. Bring your brokenness, your gifts, whatever it is I've called you to do and be, bring it here to me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, we thank you. Lord, that... that that we don't have to rely on ourselves, that we don't have to be enough within ourselves. Lord, that, um, that Lord, that we can um, bring everything to you. Lord, that, that we can, we know that your hands are capable. We know that your heart is big and it's filled with compassion that you're moving towards us. And so, Lord, I pray today, Lord, that, that wherever we're at, Lord, if we, if if we're just hanging on to something, whether it's our lives, whether it's a situation, whether it's a conversation, Lord, help us to just place that at your feet, Lord. And it might not even just be a one-time thing, but just something that we continually do to just, just to receive the truth and your voice speaking over us of just bring it here to me. So Lord, I pray that we would do that. Lord, and I pray that you would Help us just remember who you are, Lord, and that you are at work. Lord, you're at work in us, you're at work through us, Lord. And so um, we just ask that you would give us strength to believe, to trust who you are.
when we ask this in your name. Amen.